The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the power of water, environmental changing, and your health. And I'm serious. I wanted to have my own talk show to be able to teach people all over the world what I am believing in my research. I am the founder of Biologic Aqua Research Center, and we have been studying water for many, many, many years and put a lots of investment behind that, and we found that the water on Earth is your life, and without it, there is no life. Uh, it is the most vital part of your life. We have been learning that the moisture in the air that you don't see is very important to your life as a living life to all living life. There must be moisture for you to be able to breathe in and out, to be healthy. So water is important, and I have a show that is concentrating on that, and I am the only show like it in the world to be able to express and bring guests on, and they leave their busy moments of life, and they're all very professional, busy people every day with backgrounds that are extraordinary. We've had the most extraordinary guests that wanted to come on and teach us, like we're all in a laboratory of education together to study together about what is important to your everyday life and your healthiness. When I say environmental changes in this, uh, as a topic, where you live and what is happening in your environment is very important to you in your health. Because your choices are there, but sometimes we have to do things with our daily lives that are not always the healthiest choice of indoor conditions that are so dry, outdoor conditions of changes, uh, our food eating habits, the uh, the choice of the people we're around sometimes, and things that we do are not always what we plan to do that day. So we need to learn to be flexible but stay healthy. The word dehydration has not been up into the topic is not brought up enough to me. And I will prove to you with every show that the moment you were born, you entered in the air you breathed from a pocket of water. No one can argue with me on that. And when you entered into that air we breathe, in that moment in an indoor delivery room in a hospital, wherever, the chances were it was insulated windows and walls, forced air heating and cooling, and artificial lighting and more. That moment, it was like a vacuum cleaner just sucked every bit of moisture out of you because you entered in the air, no longer covered with water. You opened your eyelid. The eyes are exposed to the air. If the air does not have enough moisture, the eyes from that moment on do not have the moisture that maybe you personally require. So remember, every day, 
what you're eating, how much water you're drinking is vital. Let's put water drinking number one. Don't worry about whether you like it or not. Drink it. Make sure it's safe water, but drink eight to ten glasses of water. You're up to 50 trillion cells. You've got to keep water inside of you moving constantly, flushing. Uh, It's a solvent. It's vital to your life. Drink it. Now that we have the H1, uh, I'll call it the swine flu coming on, and they said it could be a pandemic for two solid years, use your common sense, drink lots of water, wash your hands very frequently, change your bedding every week for sure. If you think you've been exposed, change especially your, your pillowcases. Eat the proper foods that digest. And remember to try to take care of yourself. If you think you have the flu, stay home. Don't expose someone else. Because I think the most frightening part of this pandemic that could happen is our little infants and our little ones, people who are ill that have certain diseases that they cannot protect themselves, and our, our aged people. Uh, they, we should do everything we can to protect society and our cultures from getting the flu because of the people who cannot resist and may have a detrimental problem that would be very serious. And you don't want to have that on your conscience. So be careful at all times and be wise about your health. Today we have Dr. Larry Wong with us as an optometrist, and I'm really excited about this. He's managing partner and a multi-doctor practice and researcher and author. Um, he and I are going to discuss something that is very serious to my research, is the eyes and your health and using a computer. Uh, then our second guest today is Art Bernstein, who we've had on many times. He's a naturalist. He writes many hiking books. And he's, we're going to start a subject going week to week with a topic of hiking trails near your home and today it's near the Detroit, Michigan area. In other words, the economy may be having challenges, but you can still get out, be healthy, take a hike, enjoy the community you're living in. Before we listen to our sponsor, I want you to know you can follow me on Green Talk Radio and Twitter me at Twitter at Twitter.com, Sharon Kleiner Hour, and listen to me on World Talk Radio and I, Apple, to, Apple iTunes. To follow us, uh, if you can't listen to the whole show and you want to listen to it again or share us uh, the show with your friends, we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of replenishing the lost moisture to the eyes if the air is dry. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with Dr. Wong. <laughs> The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. 
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Today we have Dr. Larry Wong, which is going to be one of the most exciting shows that we're going to have. My concern about the computer and your health of your eyes is very important to your knowledge. And let's pretend like we're in a classroom today in a research lab, and we're going to learn as much as we can from Dr. Wong. Doctor, are you with us? Good morning, Sharon. How are you? Well, I want to thank you for joining us because I know how busy you are, and you had to put aside some patients. But I think this is going to be a very important education today, and I know you've been spending a lot of time uh, in research uh, let's hear a little bit about your background, and we'll move very quickly into the research that you've been learning uh, about the eyes and computers. But tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Uh, Sharon, I've been in uh, practice uh, doing optometry and taking care of uh, patient science for over 25 years. And I started, and my office is located right in the middle of Silicon Valley here in San Jose, California. And, you know, way back... You know, there's been just an abundance of patients and people using computers uh, for many, many hours of their working day. And as a result of that, we've seen a lot of kids and adults where the use of the computer and the eye strain induced from near work has caused their eyes to get worse at a much more rapid rate than uh, previous generations. That is not surprising. And... Dr. Wong, um, your studies there, um, I'm going to come about this this way today. Now, we all know we have our own research backgrounds and our theories and our evaluations of what we're thinking, but we're, it's, it's a mission of, of concern, and what can we do about it? It's not saying stop everything, don't go to the computer. We're saying it's like everything else in your life. What can you do to be healthy and do it? Am I right or wrong? Uh, that's absolutely true. I think, and I think the computers most... are with us, like driving your car. I mean, uh, if you're going to drive a car, mm-hmm. you have to have uh, uh, proper eyesight, right? Absolutely. And uh, and everything you do, it's it's kind of like doctor. When I can hardly wait to dive in and study further, but the moment you're born and you enter in that air you breathe, you open an eyelid. The eyes, the tear film requires, nature requires a certain amount of moisture and healthiness for the eyes. Why is it that we've overlooked the healthy education of the eyes from day one? Um, it's just startling. When I found this out, I always say this way, doctor, my knees shake, uh, wondering what happened here for them to forget about how important the health of the eyes are. Yeah, everyone takes their eyes for granted, um... Probably one of the, the most damaging things of, uh, that happens to patients when they use computers is they don't blink enough. And when they don't blink enough, their eyes tend to dry out. And there's actually three layers to your tears that are critical. There's a, an, a lipid or oil layer that's the, the outermost layer of your tears between the air and your... You're discussing the tear film. Exactly, the tear film. There's a water layer that's incredibly important. Vital because it holds the proteins, enzymes, and absolutely. And there's also a mucus layer that allows the tears to stick properly to your eyes. 
-hmm. When patients use or, or uh, workers use computers, their blink rate actually goes down between 30 and 50% in a lot of cases. In other words, people tend to stare at the computer, forget to blink because it's such a consuming activity, and as a result, their eyes tend to dry out and get irritated very easily. Now, I'm wondering in research, and let's have, enjoy this today. It's a research classroom, and we're not going to concern ourselves about what hasn't been proven yet that we know we want to go out and study because could you ever learn enough? It's impossible. When the moment that baby is conceived, the, or eye, or the organ of the eye and the brain doctor connect immediately. Correct, yeah. Immediately, and a lot of people don't know that. Uh, they, and, and the listeners, you must worldwide listen to this. The moment your organ of the eye begins in your mother's womb, the brain and the organ begin together at the same moment. Then when they've entered into, uh, and this is my description, uh, doctor, in the air you breathe from in that delivery room, you open your eyelid, and there's no two eyes just alike. No two skins on the complexion, no two fingerprints, and more. What have you been learning? Because let's say a person cannot blink often. Some, some eyes are structured in a way they don't blink often. Uh, there's other eyes that do blink all the time, and then there's eyes that don't blink enough. But when you're sitting there at, in front of the computer and you're so concentrated, it's kind of like when we were kids. Did you ever have a game with your friends or your, your peer group saying, let's see who can outstare each other? And your eyes start burning? Yes, absolutely. So what happens is, is that th there's a natural mechanism, uh, the blink reflex, is that when your eyes feel just a, a little bit dry or slightly irritated, it is normal for the body's response to blink. And we blink around 10,000 times a day. Mm -hmm. So every time you blink, you're bathing your eye in new tears. You're wiping new tears over the surface of your eye. You're rehydrating the surface of your eye, and, and it's, it's a, just a very natural uh, part of our, our daily life, similar to breathing. But just like breathing, mm -hmm. you can control your breathing or control your blink reflex and overcome uh, some of this natural, uh, basically it's a pain reflex. Now, if, with breathing, you breathe in, you breathe out. Hopefully you're breathing out moisture and you're breathing in moisture from the air you cannot see. Same thing with blinking. You have the moisture in the air that must absorb into the tear film as nature would hope. And then when you're blinking, you're stimulating with blinking that moisture that, that is there that hasn't maybe absorbed quite the way it should. Is that possible? Uh, yeah, I mean... <clears throat> did I, did I, I know I said it as a layman would, but... Right, right. So, so in our, in our, wherever we live, there's a certain amount of moisture in the air. Mm -hmm. In some areas, there's a lot more moisture. In other areas, there's a lot less. Uh, people that live in, say, Arizona tend to have a lot more dry eye issues and may need to blink more often. Mm -hmm. People that travel on an airplane, their quality tends to be very, uh, very uh, poor in some cases and also very, very dry. In mm -hmm. fact, the airplanes, most air in airplanes have less moisture than the Sahara Desert. And so... Yeah, I guess it's like 3%. Properly, yeah. um, all, all, you know, creates a lot of comfort for those patients. And then also, of course, on board plane, you've got the recycled air, which is means skin shedding in the air and bacteria. 
so you not only have about 3% moisture level, but it's a pit. I'm coming from also the thinking, and then we're going to dive in in a minute on how what you've been learning to maybe help assist solving some of this. Um, I have been learning um, that indoor conditions, doctor, um, when they many years ago decided to become energy cost-saving conscious, they invented insulation, windows, and walls. There's no moisture indoors either. And this recycling of all that air in there and skin shedding and chemistry and artificial heating, heating and lighting and cooling and more, I, I found that, um, and I, the further research is so important, that indoor conditions are very uh, uh, one of the biggest problems we have. It's like the, cock, uh, like the pit in, in an airplane, but you're living indoors or working indoors all the time. Yeah, that's so true, Sharon. So many of the new houses are, are, are built so tight that, that air quality becomes very poor indoors. Now, as a background in the studying and in research yourself and your um, people you studied with, and, and you're right there in Silicon Valley, we want our Silicon Valley, we want that computer to be uh, available to everyone and ongoing for what it's a technology of what it's offering. But what do we do for human life? that's going to be sitting there to protect them from the problems of their health. Have you come up with any ideas that you're researching? And we'll just, we won't hit on what you think has to be, but what you're researching today. Sure. Probably the most important thing is, is that uh, people, people need to realize that when you're looking at a computer, it's at a different distance than, say, typical reading distance. So what happens is, is that you may need a different prescription to optimize your uh, productivity and, and your viewing comfort at computer distance. For instance, reading tends to happen for most people between 14 and 16 inches, whereas most computer vision tends to happen between 16 and 28 inches. So having, having the right lens type and vision or prescription to help you focus most accurately Will, will help you give you the most visual comfort. The other thing is, is when you look at a computer screen, you're actually looking at a, a series of a lot of little dots. That's what we call it, a Gussian image. And so what happens is when you're looking at it... Now, uh, let's back up for a minute and have fun with this one in our little research lab here. Sure. So when the person is looking at the screen, they don't know that, but they're really looking at, at millions of dots. Millions of dots, and those dots... So what do you think the lens of the eye is doing with that? Let's say the person's consciousness isn't going with it, but what does the lens of the eye do with it? That's a great question. So what's happening is, is that that edge of that image is actually a little bit blurry, and your, your eye is making thousands, if not millions, of micro-adjustments to try and keep that image in focus. Okay, we've got to have a moment from our sponsor who's making this all possible and hang on to that one because that is what we need to teach our people so they can learn more about what they need to do for better health of their eyes. Uh, we'll be back with that in a moment, doctor. Thank you. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Ears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing your eye, and we'll be right back with Dr. Wong. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. 
Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Uh, Dr. Juan, before we took our moment there with our sponsor, we were discussing, and I had mentioned to you that if the uh, when the you're looking at the computer and your conscious your brain is not recognizing what is happening, but the lens of your eye is, and we don't control the lens of our eyes. The lens of the eye is seeing on the computer millions of dots that we are not noticing. We we cannot say I'm seeing millions of dots. So go explain to us what I just said there and uh, with your background. Dr. Juan, are you with us? I am. I'm sorry. Something got dropped out there by accident. Well, that can happen. We were before the um, our sponsor. We were talking about the um, lens of the eye looking and the computer at those millions of dots, that we don't see those dots. But tell us more about what we need to learn there. Sure. So, so inside the eye, there's a lens that's controlled by a little tiny muscle called the ciliary muscle. And that muscle pulls on that, that... That lens is in behind the uh, tear the film. Yeah, behind the colored part of your eye called the eye. Behind the uh, colored part of your eye. Okay, now we're following you. Okay. And when you're looking at a computer screen, that muscle and lens is changing shape thousands of times to process that information versus if you're looking at it. Kind of like you're thinking about your eyes are like the lens of a camera. In other words, the le- your eyes are, are focusing into that description. And refocusing and refocusing. Refocusing, it. refocusing, and trying to blink enough to refocus. Right. And the act of focusing just takes a lot of energy versus... Lots if, of energy. And if, versus if you're using, reading, say, a book or a piece of paper... Those are uh, 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 a step function where you're actually seeing black on white, very sharp edges. So it's a lot easier for your eyes to focus on that and have a, a better endpoint. And so that's why a lot of people, when they use a computer, their eyes tend to get a lot more uh, tired. Now, most of us, when you have a prescription or glasses or vision that's ideal for distance vision, and they're using that same lens, or uh, eye correction when they're looking up close. And actually, you should have a, a different prescription when you look up close. So physically in the body, what's happening is so that when you're focusing anywhere uh, up close, such as computer or reading, your eyes are actually exerting energy, Oh yeah, taking effort in order to process that information. Well, now, doctor, the first thing that comes to mind, and remember, I'm just saying, I just pretend like this is a research class, 
is the idea of further research. With the eyes being connected to the brain, what kind of energy is having to be put in for the brain and the dehydration? Because the brain is 80% water. Uh, what kind of what is happening between the brain and the eyes with this kind of energy that's going on for to look at those uh, look at the computer? Yeah, they're actually saying there. There actually has been some uh, interesting research saying that the, the 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 eye takes the equivalent energy and process that information for vision, thinking, seeing as someone running a marathon. So it takes a tremendous... In other words, your eyes are on a marathon. Thank you for doing that. The eyes are on a marathon, and the eyes have been... The education and the research of the eyes have been so overlooked through the years. And now we're hitting on some new thinking. Um, uh, I've had some doctors on who... um, Their specialty is infants, uh, representing some very large companies. And they said, doctor, that when that baby is born, they get a checkup with the eyes... And then maybe three months later, but that's about it. Uh, but some babies can be born with a tendency for a cataract at birth. Yes, there's all kinds of problems that can happen. And we're, we, you know, what my concerns have been now that these babies will eventually go to a computer because what kind of job could you get if you didn't know how to use a computer? So we're now having to re- recognize, and I'm saying to the world, let's study more. I'm, I know you will. And I'm saying to everyone in the medical field, study more about the eyes and what the effect to the brain and the body is. Uh, one of our doctors that we had on said uh, they're not checking it enough from infants that the prisons are probably full of people that didn't know the anxiety and the trauma to the eyes. Like you just said, the eyes are on a marathon. But if your eyes are not healthy from birth and they didn't catch on to that, doctor, what is going to happen to anxiety to the person they have to deal with that they didn't even understand that everybody's mad at them about? In other words, they're, pur- they're furious. You don't know how to control your temper. You're always upset. Uh, you're not, foc- you're not uh, focusing on your, the things you need to do in your life. There could be a lot of people that from birth, a lot of this happened because the eyes, they didn't notice there was something wrong with the eyes. Oh, absolutely. There's been uh, some other past research that talks about how about 30 to 40% of the prison population actually have some kind of undiscovered vision issue. Thank you. Thank you. And, and now what I'm saying is, is what I got into here myself, doctor, is um, I, I really almost want, you know, the dedication to everyone and myself into concerning ourselves with what has been left behind. Certain common senses, and you're, you dove in it with your cause and your mission. Now, do you believe... Uh, well, first of all, I'm going to say to you in the audience, I do believe that when I, when I can come through what I'm doing every day here soon, I'm going to go out with a new education that the moment that baby's born, check the eyes out at, at, with an optom- optometrist, ophthalmologist, somebody that's a specialist in that right after birth. Yeah. Then I would like to see the education go home with the parents about the eyes. I, need, I would like to see that baby's eyes checked as frequently as, as, as you can. And, it's, it's, and can we do that where the parents don't say, well, I can't afford it? Can we do it where it, you know that baby's going to be on a computer someday and they may even be sitting at a computer doctor at two years old? One of the interesting new paradoxes that I'm starting to see with, with, with very young kids is that parents are starting to use 
their cell phone and let kids use it as a toy now. Thank you. Yes, they are. T- yes. yes. And ch- children should be getting their eyes checked around age three months. Yes. One year. Yes. Two years and five years before they start school because vision is developing and changing rapidly through the first five years of birth. This is serious. This is serious. Um, you know, I found that there was so uh, little education to the parents. It seems like the parents were more worried about the diaper changes and which baby food and and all that they forgot about the one of the most important. The, I will almost say it's probably one of the most important health issues is the eyes today because it was so overlooked in education to the parents, education to the individual who has two eyes. Okay, now have you come up with any ideas of research for? Now, I, the world is going to not like this probably, but I think it's important. Mandatory eyeglasses, if you're going to sit at the computer, like in different manufacturing and different types of occupational health, they have mandatory gear that they must have you to know, be able to, to have that occupation and protect their health. Is there anything coming? And, and I'm going to say to you in the world, I'm not for government control, but there should be guidelines and encouragements that everybody need to listen to to protect their eyes and their health. I think that's starting to happen now, Sharon. We're starting to see where uh, uh, major corporations are offering what they call computer vision examinations. Good. Because it does take a little different uh, testing sequence where we want to specifically measure how the eyes work together, focus at a computer distance. Mm-hmm. But also, <clears throat> we're also seeing a lot of money and research spent on different products that patients can take advantage of. And not, a lot of them are not necessarily expensive by any means. Sometimes it can be very inexpensive. But we, what we want to do is educate the public and optimize their vision so they have better health, less neck problems, less shoulder problems, less dry eye problems, all those things. That now, you brought up something well, again there. Uh, it's the eyes. But look what the eyes are doing to affect dry nasal passages, dry mouth. Uh, the uh, tendons, uh, tendonitis uh, uh, of the arms, and it could be the neck and the shoulders, uh, the abdomen being swollen, uh, or ad, uh, there's certain things that are going on beyond that are being the eyes are be, uh, being affected by sitting there at the at the computer. Uh, what do you think about individuals now? I've had somebody on that came from some of the major computer companies, and they said people should have their computer down lower. They should be in their chair a little higher. Have you learned that too? Oh, absolutely. So, so you know, basically, if, you know, if I was to list a few things that everyone should consider, uh, number one, you want to have good lighting. You don't want to have it too bright, too dim. Now, is there a particular light bulb or a particular lighting that they could have by their desk, uh, like a particular little a small lamp that would per- give a, a type of lighting that would be healthier than maybe the one from the ceiling? Um, I think have you learned anything about that yet? The best lighting is one that what they call full spectrum lighting, and so okay. you can get those both in fluorescent or incandescent bulbs. Mm-hmm. So you're looking for something that gives an equal wavelength of light throughout the whole spectrum of, of what we can see. Mm-hmm. We we want to minimize glare. You know, if you get reflected glare off of windows or lighting, that makes it harder for you to see the screen, therefore harder that to focus. I mean, squint, squint so much. Cause some problems. Okay. You want to make sure you're using a, you know, a high-quality computer screen or what they call a liquid crystal display versus uh, an old tube-style uh, mm-hmm. computer screen. Mm-hmm. That would help a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
adjust your, your workstation so it fits you or your child. You know, a lot of times at home uh, we have a computer s a station set up for the parent, but it's not properly set up for the child. Mm -hmm. um, so you want to make sure it's and, and make sure that computer screen is at least at what, what I call far arm's length. For most patients, far arm's length is around 24 inches or so, which is actually a good computer distance. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have that computer too close. And then lastly, you want to remind yourself to take breaks, blink your eyes more so you can rehydrate them, wash the nice clean tears over your eyes, and then also take breaks so you look away, refocus. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, our bodies were designed, you know, actually if you think back in time as hunters, to look far away. So it's very unnatural for us to spend a lot of time viewing things up close, although that's how our society has evolved. Isn't it strange? I, you know, uh, I'm 67 years old, and when my parents were one of the first people in our community in Roseburg, Oregon, to have a television set that day, we were the first. And a cable company got their lines down to our house first, and that's the reason why. And uh, my father had bought a television set. What did they say, doctor? Don't sit close to the television set. And that's exactly what's, what we should be telling our kids here, too. Yeah, and um, now let's, before we go, uh, also touch on to the person who has a computer addictions. They're uh, on the computer all day long. What is happening? You know, a lot of those patients tend to have um, developed physical problems, you know, neck problems, shoulder problems, wrist problems, back problems, and, and a lot of times vision problems, too. You know, because they don't what about nutrition? Because they're so into the excitement and the right. adventure of the entertainment. Right. That not, they, no. It's almost like a gambling addict in a way, uh, an excuse-me world, but they just love it, and they don't want to leave it. And are they eating correctly? Are they spending their whole life on it? Pro yeah, probably not. One of the, 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 the problems of sitting too much is you don't get enough circulation in your system to, uh, to uh, circulate nu uh, nutrients throughout your blood system. So, mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of those people tend to have a lot of health issues as time goes on. Mm -hmm. Now, have you run into anything yet, and I've asked a lot of our doctors that have been on, uh, have you had any patients come in yet that ha are going to be disabled, uh, they can't use the computer? In other words, their eyes have been uh, to the point and healthy enough that they cannot sit there and use a computer any longer? You know, um, I wouldn't say so much as being disabled, but, you know... Well, what I meant is they get to go on a disability because of it. Right. Dry eyes tends to be a very big problem in the United States. That, you know, the latest research is they're estimating between 20 and 30 million people or about 10% of the population have some kind of early stages or even uh, severe stages of dry eye problems. In other words, they're complaining more. They're complaining more. I'm almost convinced that their dry eyes are from birth because of the fact that they're having to deal with such dry uh, indoor uh, conditions. But uh, the ones that are complaining are probably your worst problems in your practices nationwide. They've said that dry eye is the worst complaint there is. Yes, that's the, probably the most common complaint, especially... And if you go up to 20 and 30 million people, I guess it would be. Yep. You know, they're, they're, they're saying about... 30 to 50 percent of people that use computers have kind of some kind of vision-related problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, what are you learning? And, uh, and, and this is something um, 
in, in every part of uh, occupational health, don't you think people should be doing a little bit of both, not just on the computer all day, but finding something else to do that isn't on the computer all day to give them a little break, to go to the paperwork a little bit, just to get a break? Uh, in other words, you can take a walk and you can have your lunch, but do you think they should be always staring down at, uh, at a computer-type equipment? No, I try and teach my patients to do what I call a 20-20 eye break. So for about every 20 minutes of work, I want them to take at least a 20-second eye break where they're refocusing, blinking, and looking far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many patients are, 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 are now uh, training themselves to work through lunch, not to get outside. Exactly, uh, and that's sad. Oh, it is. It's, 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 um, you know, it's a tough world out there now. And, you know, work is very important, but your, your overall health in the future is even more important. It is very important to the occupational health and concerns of your life. And, and what, what, would you do, what would you do without your two eyes being healthy? Absolutely. You know, I was studying, and I don't know if you ever have done this, but way back in time when I was, was asked several years ago to get into the uh, study of dry eye and the tear film, I decided, okay, I'm a study nut, and I went clear back into the medical field of when the eyes began to be a concern for personal health in the medical field. Did you know at the beginning of time that when people complained about their bones or their rashes or the diseases, but when they, as soon as they complained about their eyes, they started what's called a medical field? In other words, we need to learn more about this because eyes are so important, but if you can't if your eyes aren't healthy, it's an inconvenience to not only to you but to many other people if you've lost your eyesight. So the medical field and even the regulations began thinking about the eyes way back, so far back. We only have a minute left. Would you like to say something to the audience before we go? I just want to just uh, recommend uh, people that have listened. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. And also, um, you know, if you haven't got your eyes checked in a while, and what's your, what's your uh, website uh, address so they can go and learn more of that you've been studying? My website is familyeyecare.com. Okay, so they can, and you do have a book out. What is the book? I'm sorry, what was that, Sharon? Is, is, you're an author? Oh, I, yeah, I write articles for different uh, trade journals and magazines and things like okay, that. Okay, and that will be on the website also. A lot of it will be also. Well, thank you for your time, and we wish you well, and keep up that research, doctor, because it is very important to the health. Thank you very much. Thank you. You have a nice day. Bye. Bye. Your eyes are your life. And, uh, and all the children of the world, please, uh, take it serious that every child born has got to have their eyesight checked from day one. And let's do this together. And remember, drink a lot of water, plenty of water, and use Nature's Tears Eye Mist for your moisture replacement because the air is dry. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing the eye because of dry eye. And we'll be right back with Art Bernstein, and we're going to talk about hiking. We'll listen to our sponsor and be right back. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. 
Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. The nature of our world is absolutely the most exciting part of everyday life. And when you get up in the morning and you put your feet on the ground, uh, wherever you may be, if you're on a out there on the streets and you wake up in the morning and you put your feet down and start walking away or you're been camping or you're in your home and you got out of your bed and you put your feet on the ground and begin your day. The nature of your life from that moment on is so interesting that day. Please find that a fascination. And something to think about, I talk about every week, the United States of America in the last two weeks grew by 122,856 people. Our Earth, the planet, grew by 2,950,000 people, 629. So it's 2,950,629. The nature of your life is important, how you live with the planet together. Today we have Art Bernstein, and Art has, and I have talked together for years, and now he's on the show as a regular. And to, we decided let's start talking about what's close to home with your environment for you to be healthy with the nature of your life. Art, are you with us? I certainly am. And you wanted to talk about a subject that I think is going to be exciting called Detroit, Michigan, and hiking trails close to home in Detroit, Michigan. Tell us about it. Absolutely. Uh, as we said, this is the first in a series. Um, I started wondering. We had talked about hiking a few a couple months ago as a way to save money and, and get exercise and enjoy the outdoors and relax close to home. And let's, uh, and let's stop real quick. And, and I began to one wondering. Um, well, Art, let's stop real quick in a minute and say to people uh, not only the economical side of it, but. If they had all the money in the world, take time to go for a hike during the year and yeah. do it close to home so you can see the, understand the nature of your life where you're at, where you live. It turns out if you live in New York or Chicago, there's plenty of hiking within 30, 40 miles of New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens, but we're going to Detroit I'm today. I'm with Detroit because that's where I grew up. Okay. And that's where I know the best. Now, now a lot of people wouldn't think of Detroit as having a lot of fabulous hiking, tri- hiking yeah, trails. Yeah, people but think you... of Detroit as a big uh, kind of run-down industrial Midwest. Industrial. You think of Detroit industrial. Vast, empty where plains. would they find a place to go hiking? But uh, not true. Uh-huh. Detroit itself is in 
a big flat basin that used to be a much bigger Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. But it's also surrounded by terminal moraines and hills from the uh, the ice age. Now, when you say terminal moraines, are those like little gullies, little oh, it's valleys? Like, uh, hills. It's hills. Like hills and valleys. Yeah, so there's hills all hills around. Hills and valleys. And within 30 miles of Detroit, there's probably a thousand lakes. Can I can I stop you for a second? Because you taught yeah. me something once. And you know, when Earth first had its formation and uh, forming, and you had all the volcanoes and the the lava of the volcanoes, and then the earthquakes came. And explain to people why the hills get there and the mountains get there, because if, with millions of years. The hills around Detroit is uh, um, they're displaced by the glaciers as they came down from Canada. Mm-hmm. And and when they left, uh, all the dirt that they churned up uh, got deposited. But where would the uh, and, and where would the where would the volcano that's like, and earthquakes? That's why Michigan and Minnesota and Wisconsin has so many lakes. Okay, now what about earthquakes and volcanoes? Were they prior to the glaciers? So what about uh, those very climbing? very very long? Uh, the 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 imprint is is long gone. Long gone. Uh, the but it was the Michigan Peninsula is okay. a limestone, what they call a geanticline. Okay. Uh, the rock is shaped in a basin, although the surface isn't. So uh, in Detroit, there there's a lot in of limestone. Detroit, Detroit is in a basin. Detroit used to be on the, the the area used to be the bottom of Lake Erie, and now. Okay, now where are the hiking trails at near Detroit? And I know they okay, well, you're going to leave them a place on the Detroit, west side. There's 14 metro parks. There's about 25 state parks. There's about 200 miles of rails to trails uh, that have been converted from railroads to hiking trails. Some of them are like 30, 40 miles long. Uh, The best one is a national recreation trail called the Paint Creek Trail, and it's eight miles long. Now, as you said, they converted um, the railroads. Uh, In other words, they took away the railroad tracks, and they're now hiking trails? Exactly. Oh, that's fascinating. Uh, yes, yeah, the Rails to Trails program. Uh-huh. I've been on a couple of them in our area. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But a lot of people hadn't thought of that. You know that yeah. they literally there's took it one down. that goes from Susanville for 35 miles to the middle of the woods, and then stops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now in uh, Detroit. Uh, you're going to leave a description on the web after the show is over today. You're going to show them where these where these locations are, where people can take go leave home for a day yeah. and go get a breath of air and uh, get out of the house and take a hike, get some exciting uh, exercise. Yeah, there's some amazing parks outside of Detroit, mm-hmm. but there's also some amazing parks inside of Detroit. Detroit mm-hmm. has two parks that are absolute gems, and they're inside the city limits. Mm-hmm. And one of them is River Rouge Park, which is one of the most beautiful urban parks. Nothing like uh, Forest Park in Portland, which is like... Now, does it have uh, lakes next to it? Uh, River Rouge Park has the Rouge River running through it, and it's, mm-hmm. it's 2,000 acres. It's magnificent. Belle Isle Park is right in downtown Detroit on an island in the middle of the Detroit River. And it was designed at the turn of the century by Frederick Olmsted, who was the same person that designed Central Park in New York City. Oh, mm-hmm. so those are two gems. But outside of that, uh, now they want to get out of the city and they yeah, want to go someplace. Ball Mountain State Park is five thousand acres. Wow, it's got the highest land and the most rugged terrain in southern Michigan. 
Uh, it's got several large lakes with marinas and boat rentals and picnics and golf courses mm-hmm. and water sports. It's got eight miles of hiking trails, some of the most beautiful hiking trails in, in southern Michigan. Mm-hmm. And it's got a link to this Paint Creek Trail that I was telling you about. Now tell us about that. So the Paint Creek Trail just follows Paint Creek. I guess it's very beautiful wooded area now, you know, up paint, and down hills. But did you say paint, and, you know. art? Did you yeah. say paint, P-A-I-N-T? Paint. Yeah, I have no idea where the name came from. Mm-hmm. Well, they probably dropped some paint in it. Uh, no doubt. <laughs> well, I know of a crick named Paint Crick here in Oregon, and it was because they dropped paint in it. <laughs> they used to mine paint. Oh. Um, uh, iron oxide deposits were okay. Well, there they go. Get rich if you found a, a good iron oxide deposit. On okay, your, well, there's maybe yeah, maybe the the story I heard was yeah. wrong because there was a lot of mining in this area. Yeah, so you know, I mean, it could be that there were paint mines. Uh, uh-huh. Sure. Now, paint mines are what? Now, explain that again. Well, the reason barns used to be red is because they would put iron oxide in the paint. Mm-hmm. And they thought that that was a fire retardant. Ah. Iron oxide is just rust is all it is. Fascinating. Oh, we just learned something there. Now, yeah. over in Detroit, where would people go to get out of the city and go? Where, where's the, some of, what are some of the most exciting parks? And are there park systems where you can go park well, your car safely? Well, the best are Bald Mountain and Proud Lake State Park and Kensington Metro Park and Stony Creek Metro Park. Mm-hmm. Metropolitan Beach, I think, is one of the biggest beaches in the United States. Uh, it's on all lake. on Lake St. Clair. Uh-huh. Uh, these, and there's a Lake Erie Park. These are all either state parks or metropolitan parks. Mm-hmm. This is not to mention county parks, which there are also plenty of. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite is Dodge Park Number 4 because there's no Dodge Park Number 1, 2, or 3 on Cass Lake, which is one of the biggest lakes in the area. Mm-hmm. When I grew up, uh, my parents used to take me to Kensington, which is uh, one of the biggest of the metropolitan parks. It's called the Huron-Clinton Metropolitan Authority, mm-hmm. and they have 14 parks uh, in the, the hills surrounding Detroit. Now, you just said something as a young person. Your family had obviously an influence on you, Art, because one time I asked you, what, how, why did you get into uh, nature? And you said your parents used to get in the car and go. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, and they took you to you know. Can you imagine the immortality of your parents? What they oh, get? They left you, their footprint in you. Uh, Earth whisper is um, uh, don't say you're going to say goodbye. You've left a footprint. Your parents left that in you to go out and enjoy the nature of this planet. Yeah, and you're, you're sharing uh, actually, it with your every book. time I get in the car and go on a trip, which I do every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm, you do. I, I, I'm duplicating what my parents did Your when parents I was 11 years old when we got you. in the car and drove from Detroit yeah. to California. And you will leave a footprint because of your books you've been writing so long. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we're going to have just a moment left. Is there something about the Detroit parks you'd like to mention? Um, no. Uh, well, we are going to have this as a segment, and, you, and yeah, you're going to be finding more locations close to home. Is that uh, when I was about eight years old, they had just bought it, and I've watched it develop from a canvas uh, bathhouse to water slides and golf courses and nature trails. Mm-hmm. It was the, the nature center at Kensington was, was real important in my life as I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, we have to go, and, okay. uh, we'll th- and we'll surprise our audience with another location, 
in the country that you think is very important for them to enjoy the nature of their lives and leave their footprint behind. I really think that's a new buzz I've got, new slogan. Well, thank you for your mission, and uh, I want people to go to your uh, website. What is that to look for your books? Uh, my website, uh, I think it's uh, secrethiker.com. Okay. And, and then there's a thing that will tell how to get to me. Okay. Well, thank you for your time, and we'll do yeah. this again. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, it's very important that all of you understand that the nature of the Sharon Kleiner Hour is getting you out and going and be proactive about your health and your life and who you are and how important you are. Because if you're healthy, that'll pass on to others, leaving your footprint and concerns about what's best for all, not just for you, but for all. So if you're healthy, that'll be important to everyone around you. And with this pandemic that's coming on, I cannot tell you how important it is. Drink water, escape the flu. Twitter it. Drink water and escape the flu. Uh, It's so important to you every day. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life every precious moment. Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye. Leave your footprint. I want to thank you for listening and have a nice day. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.